the, the NFL stands for not for long. Second down and goal from just inside the two. Backs offset. Sharga and Armstead. Rollout. Walker. Still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting quarter. The end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's going on, everybody? This is your host for Not For Long Media, the Colin Thompson Show. I'm Colin Thompson. Hope you're doing well. We are in the process of turning things over from Not For Long Media to Colin Thompson. Not For Long Media, like I've talked out, talked about before, will be the parent company, and there'll be a bunch of podcasts like Breaking Bats, like a few other things coming out here very, very soon that I cannot talk about. We have a football podcast coming. We have a military appreciation podcast coming. So lots to look forward here at Not For Long Media, including a new show, The Colin Thompson Show. We'll be changing things up, bringing some more juice, bringing some more guests, uh, make it a little bit more personal. And then again, keeping Not For Long Media, N4L, the parent company. Jack Connell, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good. You know, another crazy weekend in sports. The NBA playoffs have been phenomenal. I mean, you, I know you're not a big NBA playoffs guy, but it has been really, it's just been great. Great game after great game. No no real blowouts. I mean, there's a couple here and there, but just they've been phenomenal. The Heat Celtics is exactly what I told you it was going to be. It has just been awesome. I haven't been dialed in. We moved into our new house this weekend. Uh, moved into our house this weekend in Annapolis, Maryland, so a lot of moving pieces there. Haven't had time. Don't even have the TV up yet, so I wasn't watching a ton of sports, traveling and trying to just get that completed for us, but I've been dialed in on the NHL playoffs. As you know, I've been dialed in on the Premier League. As you know, we're going to get into all that, but before we do, Shout out to the new official sponsor of Not For Long Media, sponsoring all of the podcasts and our podcast family, and that is the original Fudge Kitchen. Fudgekitchens.com, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. You can send it to your family across the country. You can send it to your friends across the country. They're shipping fudge, chocolates, candy, saltwater taffy, sugar-free chocolate. You can even go hit the on-sale items if you'd like. They have it all. I was going through the fudge flavors today. Snickers, vanilla nut, vanilla marshmallow, uh, vanilla marshmallow. I'm going to skip a couple here. Chocolate nut, cookies and cream, maple walnut to my favorite. Mint chocolate chip, chocolate chip, excuse me. What else we got here? Bing cherry vanilla, sea salt, sea salt caramel chocolate, dark chocolate chunk. This is all fresh, handmade. I've been in these stores all the way from Ocean City, New Jersey. There's six or seven of them, all the way to Cape May, New Jersey, where there's two locations. So all the Jersey Shore points from Ocean City, New Jersey, south to Cape May, they have you covered when you're down there for the shore. Make sure you're taking your boxes home. The stuff lasts up to two weeks. It's the way they wrap it in the wax and the way they make it. It's incredible. I've been there scrubbing pans for them to lay the fudge so it can sit out overnight. I've pretty much done everything but make the fudge. Uh, it's been an incredible experience being around those the original Fudge Kitchen, 50-plus years of business. It's truly a family. It's been so cool to be a part of it um, from a distance. And now that we're a part of it here, not for long media, we can't thank them enough uh, for believing in us and our podcast family. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff. We're going to be giving away boxes of fudge. We're going to be sending people fudge. Give it a try. It is unbelievable. I shipped it to the entire team. I don't know, 20 something boxes and was handing out fudge to everybody. And I was a little lazy and a little late with it because during the season, there was so much going on. 
and it was like a week and it tastes unbelievably fresh like literally like they made it yesterday so shout out to the fudge kitchen it's so simple and easy to do go on their website fudgekitchens.com you can find out the locations you can give them a call toll free you can email them you can create an account where you're shipping fudge again like instead of flowers with somebody you're just sending a box of fudge i like that it's a little bit more personal and you get to enjoy the fudge the flowers end up dying i know that's sad but it's true the fudge lives on and it's delicious and it's the gift that keeps on giving fudgekitchens.com the official sponsor of not for long media and our podcast media family all right jack I buried the lead again, but Bradley Bozeman, big Bradley Bozeman, all six foot five, 325 pounds of them from Roanoke, Alabama, who played at Alabama, won two national titles there, played the last four years with the Ravens, signed a deal with us in Carolina. It was a six round pick, two time national championship, excuse me, two time national champion, proposed to his wife, Nikki, who had been fortunate enough to know. My wife and I got to know him and his, uh, his wife, Nikki, very well. And right on the field, right after the national championship game, pretty cool. Uh, and they got married a year or so later. So congrats uh, to them. Exciting stuff and just an awesome having big bows on. We had some technical difficulties, which at the end of the day is my fault. Like I can make it all excuses I want about the, the mic dying. I plugged them in and saw they were full. But, hey, you know, I should have done the extra step. You got to take responsibility, Jack. And I take responsibility for my actions. The mic died, I would say, what, 20 minutes into the, into, into the interview? About like 20 minutes in. It really wasn't. You were very spot on with it. You noticed it as soon as it like, that's the good, that's the inner producer in you. You noticed it as soon as something, you saw the light and it flicked in you. Bose looked down actually and said, something's up. Something's not right. So we'll have the video version of that. There's a couple different versions. We ended up passing my little microphone back and forth to each other. Um, and Bose ended up doing a quick Q&A. I was rattled. You're going to see it. I was rattled because I'm upset because I, I don't want to take it, his time away from him. We don't do a ton of in-person interviews uh, just because I, I value people's time. You know, for them, him to hang around the facility to do the interview in there and then to leave. And then, you know, it's a lot of different things. So for me to delay and drag feet, I, I, felt, I hated that for him. But he was so gracious with his time. He's been, a, you know, a great friend and awesome signee for us. Uh, the center and guard position, an absolute stud in the NFL, and you're going to love it. So we did the interview portion where it's a normal interview for us. We're just kind of bouncing around, and then we – I just kind of panicked and just started to do Q&A and just thought of any questions I can come to my head. So he started talking about a little bit about Nick Saban, a little bit about his foundation, which is really incredible. In 2018, um, him and his wife, Nikki, founded the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, which focused on at-risk children and their families to educate them on the dangers of childhood uh, bullying. Um, and he talks about that as well. Um, and, and it's just an unbelievable uh, thing that him and his family are doing and raising awareness for a couple different things. And again, he gets into that on the podcast in the Q&A section when I least expected it, when he was living in a trailer um, outside of Baltimore. Uh, just unbelievable and uh, a great person and someone that I think you guys are going to really enjoy uh, our interview with Bradley Bozen, which is coming up shortly. But there's a few things to touch on. First, my Tottenham Hotspurs are going to the Champions League next year. Uh, they did not go the year before. Harry Kane was ready to leave the program. Uh, new coach midseason in Conte. They've had a lot of turnover. They've had the injuries, and they kind of stuck it together, and here we go. A huge year. Harry Kane hopefully to resign. Conte to resign. Uh, you get a lot of movement across the Premier League. I know our followers are not diehard Premier League fans, but I will tell you this, and soccer fans in general, I was with you. 
but I learned how to watch the game over COVID. I learned how to kind of understand what was going on. Once you find out about what the Champions League and then the Championship League and then the Premier League and all the relegation and then making the top, top four, there's no playoffs, but you go into another league that plays the best teams in Europe and all the things that come with that, it's really fun to watch. I wish American sports were like that. Like if you came in last in the NFL, where would you relegate to? The XFL, if you come in the top four in the NFL, what does that give you? So there's so many different things that come with it. Soccer is the number one sport in the world for a reason. And it's been really fun watching and following. So Tottenham's going to the Champions League. Man City uh, won the Premier League. I believe that's back-to-back years for them. Uh, Liverpool won it two or three years ago. So it's been a fun ride for me. Uh, been a fun watching Premier League. And, and you know, I know I'm, I'm alone in this case, but it's it's been great. So I digress. Jack, I think the one thing I want to touch on today, because it's kind of the barstool chatter, and that's kind of what we're doing here and build it around a layback kind of casual approach to things and have some fun guests on. Talk about some awesome sponsors like we have, like the original Fudge Kitchen. Is what's going on with NIL? I know it's the topic of conversation. You know, I want to ask you your opinion on it, but before I do, I think I'm going to give mine. And it's, I blame the NCA for this, the chaos that's that's happened. Um, I don't know what they've could have done, but I know this setting your regulations early, being sterner on your rules early, instead of just open up the turnstiles and go, has really just made a mess of everything where players are now holding out for more money, where people are making decisions based off of just money instead of what's the best fit for them and their career and their future. I'm sure there's plenty of players still doing that. And that's my biggest fear with sometimes with the media is you're really only hearing about the one, two, three, four percent, five percent of the players. But that makes 95% of college football or college softball or college lacrosse or whatever it may be still making the same decisions based off of the fact that they need to do what's best for them, their family. There's a little bit more money involved. I think originally everyone thought, oh, it's great. You know, a player is going to be able to afford to go out to eat, take their friends out to eat, all those things, which an athlete should be able to do. They sacrifice their body. They get an education for free, but that's only basketball and football, folks. Just remember that men's basketball and football are the only full scholarship situations in college athletics. So um, I hope everybody gets their money. Um, but imagine what Tim Tebow would have made for all those jersey sales. 15 did not just sell magically in Florida for no reason. They sold because of Tim Tebow. Don't get it twisted. So if Tim Tebow was at another school, they would sell. They sold in the NFL more. They sold in baseball, MLB. They sold for the Mets. So um, there's a million ways to skin the cat. I don't have the answer to it. I do not know. I do not know how to fix it. I wish I could. I, I don't know if the NCA knows how to fix it, but I know this. There should have been some more regulations to start. We should not be surprised by any of what's happened because we knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to be the floodgates, but. There's going to be some things we didn't predict, and here they are, but now we're reacting weird to them. I think it is what it is. I think players deserve to get paid. I think it's opened more doors to people having more business mindset at a young age. So there's a lot of pros and cons to it. I'm kind of all over the place, but I just think that maybe a little sterner regulation earlier, find a way to make it work. But, you know, people are still going to dance around the rules. They have been forever, and it's become free agency. You know, there's that whole debate going on now with Nick Saban and everything going on at A&M and all those different things. Who cares if, if they paid for players? It's legal. You know, I'm a huge Alabama fan. I'm a big Nick Saban fan. He recruited me coming out. We, you know, I always tell the story when we spoke on the phone and Colin, let's Skype. I think you're the perfect, you know, tight end for here at Alabama, you know, tight end for us here at Alabama. I almost fell down in the 
at Archbishop Wood and Coach Steve Devlin's office. I almost passed out when he said that. I couldn't believe it. Coach Devlin came up to me in the weight room and said, I need you to come here real quick. I need to talk to you. I thought I was in trouble. It's like Nick Saban's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm a huge Coach Saban fan, but yes, you know, don't hate the player. Hate the game, right? The old quote there. And, and that's what's happening in college football. Whether Jimbo Fisher paid for players or not, it doesn't matter. It's not illegal. Anybody, not for long media, could sponsor athlete. We've worked on doing it before. We were going to do it before. We just couldn't pull out the details and logistics to make it happen. But we were going to sponsor an athlete. Uh, why not? Right? We can. I can. Not for long media can. Jack Connell can. The you know the the uh, water treatment store down the street can. Ace Hardware can. Uh, to to Amazon can. So. It's great. I just wish there was a little bit more regulation, not to cap on the money, but maybe the cap on what you get return. I think maybe a player should be doing something in return for the money, not just, hey, here's a hundred grand, come to my school. Um, whether it's a tweet, whether it's a social media post, whether it's something, at least create something where there's some substance in return for the business instead of just, hey, I'm going to rep your brand quietly. So it's Listen, something. You mentioned Ace. I feel like Ace, they've really missed out big time in getting into NILs with college baseball. You're telling me Ace Hardware's Aces wouldn't be like the best thing in college baseball in terms of branding? That's literally, you could not get perfect NIL lineup than that. Well, and it's funny, Jack. Literally this weekend, I was with uh, some people up in Maryland and uh, we were having a couple uh, adult beverages and they were like, man, you would have you killed it with NIL in college the way you're, you know, you can talk and interact with people and I was hurt, so I don't know who really would invest in me. And I said, listen, I just would want like a bar tab, you know, where I can say like, hey, I'll bring people into the bar. We'll have a good time. And then, you know, maybe like a, a free boat. Like, I just want, I don't, you know, I don't, <laughs> you got everything you need in the facility when it comes to food and, and drinks and whatever you need to hydrate and be successful in your craft. Academically, you have everything you need. I think it's good. And I think it brings a lot of good, right? Because there's a lot of people that have different financial situations. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't need to support my family, but there's plenty of players I know that need to support fa their families and send money back home to grandparents, to parents, to brothers, to sisters, to whatever it may be. So I, I speak at a so many times in my mouth here because a part of me is like, I, I, first off, I love the NIL and I love players getting paid. That's the bottom line. That's the quote. It's just gotten crazy out of hand. <laughs> And I don't know how to write. I don't really know, you know, what, what could be done to, to slow it down. What are your thoughts, Jack? I mean, I think the biggest issue in terms of, and I wouldn't even call it an issue, but the thing that's causing so much chaos is uh, almost how, like, I mean, if the NCAA stepped in early, it was like, listen, you get a certain amount of money allocated to pay players, almost like a salary cap of sorts. It seems like they've gone down the soccer route of, However much you can afford is however much you can say. And it's even not even the schools. It's really more the brand, like what brands they associate with whatever powerful alumni they have are almost bankrolling it. So you see how with soccer teams like Manchester City, Barcelona, Madrid, they have quadruple the bankroll because they are worth a lot more, know a lot more people than teams like a Leicester City or even Tottenham in a sense, even though Tottenham's a very big soccer club. But yeah. I think the, I mean, just the Institute of going more soccer, just, pay to play. I mean, necessarily it's not a bad thing. Cause I mean, they're, they're still, like I mentioned, they're the lesser cities. They'll slip through the cracks. I mean, it's not a guarantee that every year, whoever spends the most wins everything. I mean, you didn't see them. The NFL teams have pushed in all the first round picks. I mean, the Rams did it, but for the longest time, it really wasn't like that. Yeah. You so, see it in baseball too. Right. So it's, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's fantastic points, Jack. I want to hear what our, our guests have to say. 
there's a ton of people on Twitter that are sounding off on it. Just sound off on some, one of our topics here. Give us something to talk about because I think there's 50 different things to tackle when it comes to NIL. Do you agree with it or not? Do you put a salary cap or not? Why can't a player make as much money as possible because they're really like a pro athlete at this point in time anyways? Why, why would you turn them away from off the field stuff? If you just view the scholarship as the salary and the food and the, the books and the academics – as a salary, that's what sixty, seventy thousand a year for with full, you know, boot. Let's say this. Let's say this. Okay, so say you pay. Say you go to a great school and it's forty thousand a year, and you get you get to go do that for free. And then all your food, all your lodging, the travel, a part of sports. I mean, at the end of the day, as an athlete, on top of your head, you're looking at a hundred thousand plus. If you're a football or basketball player on just the, just the food, the dorm, uh, the investment from nutritionist to wait staff to everything. So you're looking at 100000 a year you're making, which is a lot of money, especially a lot of money for someone who's 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old for those COVID guys, 27 years old. So, you know, I think that's awesome. So that's that's a great part of, of that's an unbelievable gift. Now. What's next? How much more do you need? You need a lot more, right? Because you want to send more money home. You want to be able to provide for yourself. You say you put fifty, sixty thousand dollars away in college. You don't come out of college in debt or even just equal. You come out of college with sixty grand in an account that the school set up with you with a financial advisor where you can move that money and you it's almost like a 401k in a sense that. So maybe teams set up 401k accounts and they start in the 401k at 18 years old. Again, I'm not abreast on that. That's Wealth Advisory Services Lane and Avenue. Give them a buzz. They're going to help you with that, wealthadvisoryservices.com. But my point is, how can we structure it as a team? How can we structure it as a NCAA where, say you get a lump sum over X, X of that has to go into a 401k or some sort of retirement or a postgraduate sum that you're going to receive. You can't, have on you more than 10 grand a semester, which is still a ton of money in college, something along those lines where there are stipulations. It's drawn in pencil because it's going to change for every athlete, every player, every situation, a, a hands-on approach by the NCAA set up boundaries. That's how I'd fix it. That's how I do it. Any more thoughts, Jack, before we move on? I, I mean, you kind of mentioned that. I think it's almost perfect to do almost a sense where the, you have to, the, the brand or whoever's endorsing you. So say Nike with Oregon almost, but now, I mean, Nike's kind of sponsored so many teams, but like Ace Hardware registers with Oklahoma. Like you have to have, and when, it doesn't have to be them, but it's just like, you have to make it official that Ace Hardware is paying so-and-so this much money to go to Oklahoma. And as part of that, like you mentioned, the schools have to offer financial assistance. We'll talk through these things and almost make it like, and almost like kind of less create, make the craziness less like, a two-year deal to play at Oklahoma to kind of almost dissuade the crazy transferness of it. I was lock them into contracts and that connects the brand, the school and the player, but it doesn't keep the brand exclusive to that to that college. If that makes sense. So like Barstool can sponsor 50 players, but they have to have written statements and contracts saying this. So-and-so is going to here as part of our contract as we're paying them this much. If that yeah. makes sense. No, I think it's great points. I think it's the, probably one of the biggest hurdles in sports we've ever had to talk through because it never ends. There's no real wrong opinion. I think the opinion of we shouldn't pay players is, is just wrong. I yeah. think 
why can't some why can't a player have a some walk around money? You know, I'm not going to name a player, but I, I know someone who who went to a big school and had a lot of success in college. And I'll never forget this. They said they just had a huge game, and they went home, and they just broke records. And they had to just go home and just, you know, lay in bed because the next morning they had to lift and study and all these different things, right? That's the sacrifice of being a college athlete. It's hard for me to tell the story without getting into detail and disclosing the player. So it's kind of a bad story for me to tell on the podcast. And when that player retires, um, we'll have him on and we can have him talk about it. He's not been on yet. But this essentially the point was I'm like, wow, man, like the ultimate sacrifice. And that's part of your scholarship. Like, yes, you're making 100000 a year, quote unquote, is being invested in you. What an unbelievable thing. Not everyone has that ability. That's an unbelievable gift and start to life. That's why I'm so pro for athletes to either walk onto a big school, go play college football, basketball, softball, women's lacrosse, baseball, go play it, give it a shot because your connections, what you make off that just gives you a huge sounding board in your life. Get involved in media. Sports is just a language that everybody speaks. So it allows the connections to work in operations to to athletic training to physical therapy to coaching to now the mental side of it now the nutrition side of it there's so many different avenues uh travel so i digress there's a lot to go to it but i just was like the one player was just talking about how they didn't really have any walk around money where were they going to go to eat they just played a game and broke all these records and they went to the dining hall and rode their bike home and just sat in the dorm and listen i get it there's gonna be people on here like oh boohoo for them but, like, I don't know. You just broke a lot of records at, in an historic school and conference, and that's how you spend your Saturday night after doing that. You can't go out to eat, grab a bite to eat, maybe a pizza, some wings, oh, a, I don't know, a liter of Pepsi. You can get a deal from Domino's, I guess. So I digress. The, the NIL conversation is always a good one. I always get asked it, so I like addressing you on the pod. Appreciate everyone tuning in. It's been, you know, I love the conversations that people come up to me about that some of our loyal listeners I spend a lot of time with. Uh, come to me about i'm going to mention our friends over at the original fudge kitchen again this summer fourth of july you can't make a party send send some send someone a box of fudge that's the right thing to do and again the wax keeps the fudge fresh keeps it perfect honestly like literally like they just make it so check out fudgekitchens.com fudgekitchens with an s.com they ship fudge and sweet treats across the country all social media accounts you can follow them they do a fantastic job and again, if you're down the shore this summer from Ocean City all the way down, a few stops along the way to little old Cape May, they have two locations there, one on the promenade and one right on the Washington Street Mall. So check them out online. All right, Jack, what else are we feeling? I know you want to talk about the NBA playoffs. Can you give us an update on that, please? And then I'll go into the NHL and then we'll wrap it up and we'll send it over to the great Brad Badley, Bradley Bozeman. Hello. So, I mean, the one series that's almost out of reach I'll touch on is the Golden State Dallas Mavericks. I mean, Luka Doncic, it was almost expected. I mean, Luka's done everything he can, but just Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole have been unbelievable. I mean, Steph Curry had 31 points last night, put that game out of reach. It was 109-100. It was a close game, but it's just they have been unstoppable. Golden State is back at their 2017 level. It has truly been great to watch. They are one of the teams. It's almost like so easy to hate on, like even like the old era Golden State, like the LeBron Cavs, LeBron Heat. Like it's always been like, oh, like I don't like that team. Like you hate to see a win, but I don't know if it's just the nostalgia of most fans or it's just like they're just so likable. But I mean, that team has been great to watch. I mean, they've been a fan favorite so far. The Heat and the Celtics have been slugging it out. Jimmy, even without Jimmy Butler for half the game, Bam Adebayo took over. 
a big win over the Celtics on the road in the Garden. The Matt or Boston a TD Garden, not even the Madison Square Garden. The bet some might say the better of the two gardens. Who knows? But it was just a great game. Tyler Hero's out tonight, so that's going to be interesting to see. But Jimmy Butler is going to be playing. It's going to be a big opportunity for the Heat to put this away, try to get back to the finals, get Jimmy Butler his ring. Or Jason Tatum, can they step up and make it a 2-2 series and try to get their establish their dynasty? So either way, I mean, it has just been great to watch. I mean, right now we're in the NBA. I mean, Golden State's on the back, but, I mean, we're in the midst of really no, like, stable dynasties. Like, there's no team that's like, oh, they're always going to win. And it's just been so so much fun to watch these last couple of years. NBA playoffs. Hey, man, I respect them. I do. I respect them. I, I just, you know, I don't know, man. I think they're too good. I think they're too good. I'll watch this, though. I will watch these couple series now that we're getting closer. Um, I think the Golden State Warriors are an absolute just powerhouse. That's not a hot take here. As I'm looking across uh, uh, the lake here at Davidson where the great Steph Curry went to school, uh, Charlotte product. So, again, I like watching Golden State. I like watching the best of the best. I like watching a little team game. I just, man, I couldn't stand watching James Harden just dribble into triple teams and the ball just get knocked out of his hand, and he's just, like, shocked it happened. They don't call the game the same. They don't call the NHL playoffs the same as they do um, in, uh, you know, in the NHL playoffs. They don't call it the same as the regular season, the same with the NBA regular season. They don't call it the same as the NBA playoffs. It was funny. I was actually listening to Tim Peel, who we're working on getting on our podcast as well on – on spitting chicklets and he's an NFL uh, former NHL referee. And Tim was saying there's actually more pe- NHL, more penalties, excuse me, in the NHL playoffs than there are on the regular season, which I thought was a really fun, interesting fact. I didn't know that. Didn't anticipate that. Cause you watch Usually the NBA. NBA. It's the opposite. They let him play. They let him play. So that hurts a guy like James Harden who gets at three quarters of points from the foul line. I just, I don't know, Jack, I'm not sold on that situation there, but I'm not sold on it that we're going to bank on our career bank on our us getting the line from a foul shot now i think james is an all-time great he is when he's rolling right but i don't know man too much one-on-one ball that's why i like these situations right here you got boston you got miami golden state's a fun team to watch obviously dallas is just right the future is bright for what they have going on there is jalen brunson up for a contract i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago he's probably in line for a massive 20 million dollars plus per year payday after this postseason yeah, I mean, he's been phenomenal. He's probably been their number two guy. Him and Dinwiddie are pretty much the number two and number three in Dallas. So, I mean, they really need to work on – they have the flexibility and the assets to get Luka another star. I mean, that is the biggest thing. I think there's already free agency meetings leaked on trying to meet with Levine and pre- try to maybe get Bradley Beal on a trade and stuff like that. I mean, there's – and that's the thing. That's the biggest thing you see of teams like is like, are they willing to make that push and get that second guy or are they just going to be content and think one man can will himself there? I mean, that's the big thing in Dallas is they know they need more and they're working on getting more. Yeah, and Mark Cuban's got a blank check, paycheck, so he's he's going to find a way to support it, right? I mean, Mark's an active owner. I would love that. We have an active owner, but Mark Cuban's like an all-time, you know, owner in the sense that he's on the floor. He's like shooting threes. Like, is this a different – he's on Shark Tank. He's public. So it's been, you know, fun following him and, and watching his story. Again, shout-out to our friends at Original Fudge Kitchen – Give them a call toll-free. Check out our locations online, fudgekitchens.com, switching fudge and shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. There's your NBA Minute with Jack. NBA playoffs, good stuff. I digress. Time to move on to the real stuff. It's the best time of year. It's better than Christmas. It's the NHL playoffs. 
you have the Lightning and Panthers series. Okay, so I picked the Panthers, I think. I didn't want to, but I think it was the right decision. Obviously, I was dead wrong. I thought the Panthers were going to win in six. I thought every series was going to be in six games. The Lightning are up three goose egg, and they're at home today, 7 p.m. This is Monday night we're recording this. I think they're going to sweep them. Why not? They need the rest. They know they need the rest. They played more games in the NHL than anybody else for the last couple of years. Obviously, they won the Stanley Cup back-to-back years. They're going for a three-peat. So I could see Tampa just saying, hey, listen, we have to empty the tank here. We have to empty the tank here and try to beat them in four so they can get a break because it looks like the Carolina series, which Carolina leads 2-1, is going to be a knock-em-out, drag-out, six, seven-game series type situation. The Rangers beat them last night, uh, Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, 3-1 to in a close game. So that's how I think the Eastern Conference is going to pan. I'll say this. I would watch the Panthers. If the Panthers somehow find a way to win tonight, which I still don't think they are, you're going to have a frustrated, frustrated Tampa team. Um, so Panthers could sneak it, make it a little interesting. We could end up being in six games. But I do think Tampa's going to put all their marbles into just getting this over tonight. Um, like I said, the Carolina series is going to go six or seven. I still think Carolina's going to win it. Shout out to the Hurricanes, the team of North Carolina, just like we are, the Carolina Hurricanes, the team of the Carolinas, just like us here with the Panthers. The Flaming Oilers – Situation: The Battle of Alberta has been fantastic. We have Lucic running over goalies. We have fights. We have brawls. We have the best player in the world ever, the best hockey player ever in Connor McDavid to touch the earth. Ever? Yeah. Over Oh, well, yeah, for sure. And I think Wayne is unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. And he's the best athlete to ever. He's like the most successful athlete in his craft ever. But what – Connor McDavid's doing Connor McDavid's doing in the current climate of the NHL where the goalies are ridiculous, the players are ridiculous. Wayne was the guy. Wayne was like Will Chamberlain, where everyone was like not great. And Wayne just went around everybody else. I don't want to take anything away from Wayne. I sound like I am, and that's really not how I feel. So I'm doing a poor job articulating that, and that's on me. But I think Connor McDavid, let me say this, will end up being the greatest hockey player of all time. All time. That's a clip right there if I've ever seen one for social media. Hey, listen, this isn't clickbait. That's just real. There's no way. You can't tell me, right, he's going to win some cups. Their team's not as good as some of the teams that Wayne has played on. Now, I know Wayne's played on some bad teams, but I know Wayne played with some stars. Connor plays with one of the biggest stars in the NHL in Dreitzeidel. But other than that, there's a significant drop-off to some extent with going on in Edmonton. Calgary is a really deep team. They have more goaltending. Mike Smith's been hot and cold the first series. Calgary came out and scored three goals in the first like five minutes of the game and then ended up being like a seven to six game and Mike got pulled. But I just like what's going on in Edmonton. I think Edmonton's going to keep the steam rolling. Man, I, yeah, he's the best player of all time. He will end up being the best player of all time. That's how I feel. So Colorado leads two to one. The Blues are able to sneak a game out, which is unbelievable and credit to them. You know, they they push it. They beat them 4-1 on Thursday to make it a 1-1 series tie. Avalanche come back on Saturday and win 5-2. Binghamton's, Binghamton has been standing on his head. Benner, it's hard for me to say his name. I don't know why. He got hurt. Uh, I think he is done for the series. He got ran over, so that's a big deal. He's been their star in net. He was the star of the Stanley Cup run a few years ago. He was the star of really getting them even into the playoffs, other than the Stanley Cup run. So should be interesting to see how that goes. I think Colorado's too loaded. So I think they're going to pull away with it with Benner being out. So a lot of fun in the NHL playoffs. 
it's the best time of year in sports. You have the PGA Championship. And speaking of which, our boy got paid. What did he get paid, Jack? I think it was $2.7 million, according to front office sports. Was so he should write a check for he should write a check to Tiger Woods for about a million. <laughs> about a million. Second largest payout in tour history. Yep. He's already one step closer to joining the PGA's top 10 all-time earners. We've talked about this before. Thank you, Tiger. <laughs> there wasn't a, I believe, a purse over a million total on the tour before Tiger got there. So, thank you, Tiger. Yeah, I, did, I wasn't able to watch it. Again, we were driving. We drove back from Baltimore, Annapolis area yesterday down here, so I wasn't able to watch a lot of stuff, which is fine. It's okay. We could talk about NIL. We could touch on a few different things and send it over to Bozeman here quickly. But did you ever watch any, Jack? And that's probably bad by us. We should have talked about this. I watched. I was getting a little kick out John Daly, just killing it over the first couple of rounds. I mean, seeing him kill it, and then he's looking over to the side him smoking a cigarette. I mean, it's literally, I don't know what else you expected from John Daly. But he's got the topless it, cart going. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the topless cart going. He's got the pants going, the big guts hanging over. Um, you probably shoot shot a couple beers before you went out there, a coffee, diet coke, and some, some cigarettes. And he's one of the best, you know, golfers. It's it's unbelievable. It's it unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Hey, well, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Like I said, the Colin Thompson show is um it's coming up here soon. We have a, a new football podcast coming out. We have a new military podcast coming out. We have our friends over at Breaking Bats absolutely killing it. Check out what they're up to there, Breaking Bats Pod. Check it out. A lot going on there, all a part of our not-for-long media family. And then we're going to send it over to Bradley Bozeman. Appreciate Bradley joining us. He's become a friend, um, someone who I'm really looking forward to playing with this year. An absolute stud, six-round pick who's already on a second contract, third contract, all these different things. So he deserves all the good things coming to him and his family. So we're going to send it over to Bradley Bozeman. Anything from Jack before we wrap it up? Yeah, it's just make sure you watch. This is a phenomenal interview. I mean, it was a blast just being able to listen to it afterwards. So many great stories. So many great stories. Wow. All right. Good. It's I, I, we ripped it and I was so upset that I, I wasted some of his time. So I forget a little bit about it, but that's Jack in the back. Jack Connell. I'm Colin Thompson. Appreciate everybody tuning in the not for long media and the Colin Thompson show and looking forward to uh, you guys enjoying this Bradley Bozeman episode. Thanks. All right, guys, we have the great Bradley Bozeman with us. Brad, how are we doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Get the wireless mics working today. Hopefully the audio is going to be rolling. Hold that up a little bit closer. A little closer? Now, a little here? A little farther away. A little probably. farther? That's perfect. Perfect. Now, are you a podcast guy? Do you listen to podcasts? I dabble. I dabble in podcasts. What are you dabbling in? Uh, just kind of here and there. You know, Nikki will send me a few uh, a few podcasts here and there. Listen to um, uh, Genius Podcasts. Is it? I can't remember the name of it, I don't but know. anyways, a uh, little bit of that, um, just kind of back and forth. So, okay. All right. So it's, he has not listened to my podcast yet. I have Yeah. That I've, is crystal I've clear, folks. Been meaning to. <laughs> he failed the first test, which is fine. That's okay. Uh, Nikki is your wife. Nikki is the athlete of the family. The athlete of the family played basketball at Alabama. Uh, we just had the pleasure to go visit them in Nashville and see a little, uh, little Nashville hockey, which was fantastic. A little predator hockey. They got smoked. Yeah. It was, it was kind of bad, but, you know, it's, it's part of it. Backup it goalie. It. Backup goalie. We're going to move this here and be a little bit more professional. Thanks for dealing with this here, folks. Look at us. We look good, man. 
I think so. We keep it light. We keep it loose. I don't know where to start because there's so much to start. It's been awesome getting to know you. You just came from Baltimore. Uh, let's start there. Let's start with the Ravens. We have a huge Raven following. Uh, Justin Ayers asked a great question, just talking about Lamar. Lamar's you know, one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete in the NFL. He makes grown men just look just stupid. Uh, your first interaction with Lamar and what it's been like playing center guard and blocking for him for the last couple of years. Uh, when I talk about Lamar, I always start off with Lamar's a better person than he is a football player. Really? Um, I mean, just a great teammate. He's had every reason to have a big head, to, um, you know, be that cocky guy in the locker room. Dude's just consistent. He stays, he just stays the, the same no matter what, up, down, you know, tie, overtime, whatever it is. Um, God does great things on the field. You know, he, he's, a, he's an awesome, awesome quarterback and, and a really good guy to play for. Yeah, he's an absolute absolute stud. Were you with him the MVP year? I was, first year. What was that like? Uh, it was unreal. Then we set the rushing record uh, that year. Had a great great offensive line at Marciondo, Mascara, um, Orlando Brown, Ronnie Stanley, uh, Pat Ricard at fullback. We had Mark Ingram at running back. Mark. Nick Boyle, uh, Mark Andrews. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. No, I think – I'm not sure if Hayden was there still. I think he was. Did you play with Hayden? Yeah, I did. It was your first year? Yeah. We came in together. So he was there then. It was my second year. Oh, it was your second year? It was the second year. First year starting. Sorry, I didn't clarify that. Yeah, how was your first year? In and out? Six-round pick? In and out, rotational role. Um, come in every third series. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was rolling in and out of there to left guard. So you really played that? Wow. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Is that normal? Um, for Baltimore, I feel like it is. It's, it's a pretty common thing. So you would rotate for those listening and watching. Two series would go by, and then Bradley would go in, and then you play a series and then get out? Yeah. So we'd I'd come in. We'd basically run power the entire time. I'd pull, 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 just banging my head against brick walls. And, uh, and yeah, and then come back, and we'll go back to the, to the regular deal. So, get yeah, that was, that was kind of my role. So just kind of wearing people down. No way. Yeah. That was, that was my first, first experience with the NFL. So I got my first start against the Saints. And where at? Uh, in Baltimore. Okay, so good. I think it was six game of the season. It's tough to play in New Orleans for those at home. Yeah, score. yeah, it was still a tough game. But, yeah. you know, I think I held my own, popped my calf halfway through and played the rest of the game. Did you play the next week? No. No, I had, I had to sit out the next week. Played actually Carolina here, and I had to sit out. Let's see. That was, yeah, I was not here yet. I was not here. That was before COVID. BC. Um, okay, let's take it back to the beginning. Let's take it back to the roots, where you're from in Alabama. When did you start playing football? How would you get into the game? Yeah, so when I was six years old, I started playing. Dad played, brother played. You know, everyone kind of played in my family. Um, you know, I started off as playing at six-year-old, chasing just the little giant, you know, chasing around kids, around the, around the football field, people running, literally saying hut, and they would run the other way. Um, I mean, in sixth grade, I was six foot tall, 260 pounds. Big kid, always a big kid, um, always, you know, dreamed to play at Alabama, uh, winning multiple national championships, you know, being the team captain. So you were Bama through and through the whole time? The whole time, yeah. But anybody playing Bama that you knew growing up? Not really. Not, not just personally. Watched just watched them. Just a diehard. Just small town Alabama boy. Ex just Exactly. Like 45 minutes from Auburn, but, uh, but big Alabama fan. Did Auburn recruit you? They did, very heavily. So it was basically between them and Alabama. Was there anybody else in the mix? <sighs> not really. Temple did offer you. No, never talked about me. this. They sent me about a million letters. That's it. Yeah, that's what good it job. Rule. <laughs> he sent a million letters to the guy that now plays for you, which has been the case for a lot of his players. Miles Hartsfield, he, he's a local guy. There's a bunch, all the local guys that went elsewhere, coach recruited. But okay, so let's go back. So playing 
sports, you sports in Alabama, you're Alabama through and through. What got you into playing football, though? Just the fact that you wanted to play at Alabama, you know, watch the games, all that stuff. Yeah, I watched, like I watched my brother play. Um, my brother's seven years older than me. So, you know, I kind of watched him all the way through from uh, from peewee football up until he finished high school. Um, and, you know, that just really inspired me. I wanted to be better than him. You know, you always wanted to one up your brother. Um, so that, that was, I know that was always my driving force of, you know, playing harder, playing stronger. Um, you know, he's, he always roughed me up until I got about 12, got about the same size as he did. Um, and so, and then we, we would go neck and neck, but, uh, but he was still, you know, he was still a big bro. He still had a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, you know, we still get into it every now and then, but he didn't like to wrestle much anymore. Uh, but yeah, so just, you know, just always that competitive drive to, to try to be better than big bro. So he set a good example. Now you and I like to eat. We've broken bread together now several times. We've had breakfast together in the greatest breakfast place of all time. What is it called again? The place oh, in Nashville. I know. Why'd you put me on the spot there? <laughs> oh, um, essentially the point loveless, is loveless cafe, loveless cafe yes. in Nashville. You're renting a place there. You're building a beautiful house there. The point is you talked about your mother's cooking. You don't get this big. How big are you? Uh, six, five, three, 35. Without mom's cooking. Yeah, without. What is the go-to dish? What's the, what's second in line? What were you like running to the kitchen table about? Oh, it was really everything. My mom's a phenomenal cook. Uh, she catered for a long time. You know, she's always cooked. I mean, woke up to breakfast on the table every morning. Um, she cooked every afternoon, but the, the go-to like Sunday afternoon, midday, uh, kind of in between dinner and lunch, it was fried chicken, collard greens, cornbread, purple old peas, squash and onions. Um, did I say collard greens? Yeah, I say collard. Yeah, um, now these are else? collards with like bacon, like, like, yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah. So she, she, she stayed more on the sweet side of collards. Um, you know, you have your spicy collard, your kind of natural flavored collards. Really? I'm, a natural, collards. I'm a natural flavored yeah. collard. So, so I, I, like, I like the sweet and the spicy, but that's, that's just me. But yeah, she would, she would throw down. I mean, it'd literally be a seven course meal, fried green tomatoes. Um, I know I'm, I know I'm missing stuff. Uh, llama beans, casserole, pinto beans. She was, she wasn't crazy on the we casseroles. Make, did we make a cat? Did we talk casserole? I'm trying to forget. We, we talked about a lot of stuff. Talked about breakfast casseroles. That's what we, that's, that's her go-to on breakfast casseroles. So we went to Loveless Cafe and we had deep fried pork chops. We had, what else? Place incredible. The, uh, what's the cheesy potatoes called? Hash brown casseroles, casserole just ridiculous. Here we get a chance to go to Nashville, folks. About 20 minutes outside the town, it's well worth it. It was about, we went back to back days. It was fantastic. All right. Let's keep it moving. So you're the star in the high school town going to Alabama. That's a big deal in the hometown. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Small town, USA, Alabama, just through and through roll tide. Um, go to Alabama. Do you redshirt or no? Yeah. All right. We're back with Bradley Bozeman. Thanks for tuning in. Some technical difficulties. We do not know at this point of time what was recorded before, but we're going to just hit Bradley with some rapid fire questions so we can say that we had him on. We could do this for the episode next week. Uh, it's great to have Bradley with us. Again, I don't know what was recorded before. We've been talking for about 20 minutes. But, hey, you know what? Survive in advance. you got to exactly. keep it moving. All right, so Bradley's with us. Just signed in Carolina. We're going to go quick hitters with Bradley. Best player you played against in the NFL? Jonathan Allen. Best player you played against at Alabama? Jonathan Allen. I did not know the answer to that. <laughs> Best offensive lineman you've played with in the NFL? Um, Marshall Yonda, for sure. 
best offensive lineman in the NFL that you enjoy watching the most? Currently? Or the uh, past? I don't know. Marshall, yeah, if we're going past Marshall, for sure. He's a unique cat, for sure. Okay, unique cats. Man, we had some good conversation before. I hope the mic was on. But we digress, and we're going to keep it moving. Okay. What's your favorite – I'm going to say, let's say this. What's your favorite game in Alabama? Favorite game in Alabama, uh, definitely Georgia game, 2017-2018, national championship, uh, second and 28. Second and 28, yeah. rips 26, it. 26, excuse, excuse me. 26, rips it down the sideline. That's fantastic. Okay, best pancake in the world. Salem Designer. Where at? Birmingham, Alabama. And again, we talked about this before, but I don't know if the mic was on or not. Okay, let's see. These are all off the top of the head. Uh, Let's talk about the offseason. Let's talk about what you like to do in the offseason, travel, build a new house, et cetera. Yeah, um, just I love to chill out, you know, love to spend time with family. Uh, definitely go and visit our families for, you know, a couple of weeks out of the offseason. Uh, Nikki and I, we do a lot, a lot of adventures, a lot of trips, a lot of trips with friends, um, building, building a house this offseason. So it's been fun, been fun watching that process. Almost done, be done in July um, and just, you know, Try new things and go new places. Favorite moment as a Baltimore Raven? Favorite moment as a Baltimore Raven? Um, probably setting the rushing record in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, we have had the most most career rushing yards out of any team in history. Um, just a, a kind of a surreal moment, just knowing that that was kind of our, on our backs and, you know, what we do as offensive linemen. Yeah, there's nothing better than that, especially offensive line in the tight end group. That's such a, a cool thing. I listen to a lot of uh, busting with the boys, Taylor Lewan and those guys. Oh, yeah. And they're always trying to break it in Tennessee. But you guys got the record, man. Yeah. And you, look, how many yards was it? Is it over two? Yeah, it was over two. I want to say it was close to three. So it has to be close to three because <clears> I'm sure Mark. Did Mark have a 1,000 yards rushing too? Yeah. And Lamar obviously did as well. Yes. And Gus had pretty close. Who was that? Gus Edwards. Oh, Gus Edwards. Yeah. yeah. He was pretty close too. I think he was like 900 or something. He had an off the field thing, right? No. Oh, that was another guy. Another guy. Okay. ACL last year though. That's it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. I know you guys had a lot of injuries with the backs last year. Okay. Let's see. Rapid fire. Let's keep it moving. Uh, what game are you looking forward to playing this year? Uh, Raven game for sure. Raven game. There you yeah. go. That makes sense. I didn't think about that one. I was going to say week one. That would be the coach's speak. But I'm glad Bradley's given us the, the hard fact okay. answers. No coach speak here with Bradley Bowden. Uh, what else? I'm flustered. I'll be honest with you, folks. I'm flustered as a, as a you know part-time media member here that the mic died, and now we're doing some rapid fire, and we have no idea what was recorded before, but it's been fun. Okay. Talk about living in Carroll County outside of Baltimore. Because we have a lot of friends from Carroll County. Shout out to Andrew George, and there'll be a lot of them listening to this podcast. Yeah, it's just, it was such a great place. Like, Nikki and I had a house there for – uh, two years. We lived in a camper for a year there. Um, just such a such a cool uh, county. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in in Maryland, you know, you're from a county. You're not from a city. So you know, you're you're from um, from Carroll County. You know, Carroll County represents. And um, you know, go going out to Glory Days and Geo Shacks and um, you know all, all the good places. You know, all the good restaurants, uh, um, libatories. I mean, it, it was just such a such a great community within a community um, that you know we just fell in love with and holds a special place in our heart. Okay, can you explain the camper situation? Because that is the greatest story 
when an NFL player for an entire season says, I lived in a camper. Can you explain what happened? Yeah. So um, Nikki and I have the Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation. And we, um, so we wanted, we were getting calls from schools um, and we, we do anti-bullying food insecurity, but at the time we were just doing anti-bullying. Um, so, you know, we we're getting calls from schools in Arizona, Texas, California saying, Hey, we'll fly you out to come speak. And like, we can't just waste our entire off season, you know, going to one school for one weekend flying across country. It's like, what, why don't we just do a cross country trip? We'll line all these schools up, we'll plan it out, we'll map it out and then we'll go. So well, why don't we just go ahead and buy the camper now? We'll live in it for the season, save some money, uh, on rent and stuff in, in Maryland and <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but you know, just save some money and then we'll go cross country. So we did that living in it all season. It was so great. You know, you, our relationship really grew, um, nowhere to, nowhere to hide in a camper. You know, you, you gotta, you just gotta hash it out. Um, so, you know, our marriage grew big time there. Um, and you know, I'd come home from practice and he could have a fire going. It's it'd just be a, be a good time. Um, everyone in the campground was super nice, super respectful. Um, always lending, willing to lend a helping hand. Um, so just, you know, we had such a great time. Then fast forward, uh, after the season, we jumped in the camp, we go cross country, we went from, I think we covered about 8,000 miles, 26 different States, uh, went from Maryland to Georgia, uh, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, uh, New Mexico, uh, Arizona, California. And I think we stopped in, we had to stop in Colorado, Breckenridge, Colorado. That's whenever COVID happened. Um, so we had to, Schools were shut down, so we hauled, hauled butt back, uh, got home. You know, we're sitting on our hands for about two weeks, you know, trying to figure out, you know, we're just going to blow over. Um, never did, and we were getting messages from kids saying, hey, we don't, like, we don't have food. We don't have, um, you know, really any resources because all of our food came from school. So Nikki and I put together a plan and uh, started, food, started feeding kids, and we started uh, doing just food boxes and food drive. And then we quickly transitioned to uh, partnering with the local uh, police department doing sink snack boxes. And those boxes were six by six boxes, um, had like Oreos and Doritos and Chef Bardee and just food that kids really wanted and can identify. You know, they sit on TV um, and it's, we call it food with dignity. And, you know, the, those, those people can, can really identify that. And when a police officer shows up and has those foods and they don't know what's in the box and they open it up and show us like, oh, I, I want that. Um, and they really created a, a great bridge between the local police enforce, local police enforcement and the kids in the community. Uh, we had an officer stop us and we were coming out of a restaurant and said, Hey, are you Bradley and Nikki? And was like, yeah, we are. He goes, I just want to tell you, you know, I've been giving out your sink snack boxes and the difference that it's made in this community has been unreal. Um, he goes, we used to turn corners in these, in the Southern district and kids would run. He goes, now they all flock to the car. I can have a conversation with a kid. I can, um, you know, I can, I can just really relate and they can understand I'm not a bad guy. I'm just there to help. And <clears throat> so they know they only have so many boxes and it's just created this great bridge between the law enforcement and the local community. Wow. That's a lot of stuff to unpack there. That's unbelievable. How did this start? Um, so, you know, Nikki and I, we've, we've always been philanthropic. We've always, you know, believed in helping others. Um, so, you know, it started with our anti-bullying. I was, I always tell the kids I like Augustus Blue from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, and then Nikki has her own story. She was, she was the, t you know, the tall girl, uh, she played basketball at Alabama. Uh, so, you know, she had, had her stories too. So we go on, used to go into these schools and, and just started, started kind of relating with these kids. Like, well, if they're going through it, you know, they, they went through it, I'm going through it and it's okay. I'll be okay. 
um, and just being able to, to unpack all those issues with, with bullying and then the, uh, getting all the messages from the kids saying that, um, saying that they don't have food. Baltimore County is 70% on free or reduced lunch. So when the schools close down, there's no food for these kids. Um, so that's where we wanted to step in and help. And we fed about 3.2 million meals so far. Wow. Yeah. All right. So we're going to, again, technical difficulties with the pod. So we're going to set this up where we're going to be able to donate. And people from that are listening to this podcast are going to be able to donate to Bradley Nicky Bozeman Foundation. Bradley Nicky Bozeman Foundation. We'll set it up. We'll get the link. Everything will be good. Can we go right to the website and do it? Yeah. You can go straight to the website. It's bozemancharity.com. All right. So bozemancharity.com. Share this podcast out because by sharing it, we're going to send them some dough. We're going to make a commitment for not for long media as well. That's awesome. I knew a little bit of the story, but I'm happy we were able to talk uh, about it more. Where do you transition from there? Cause that's unbelievable. What are you looking forward to doing in the, in the, in the Charlotte community? Have you done any, have you looking to get involved in this area? Yeah, for sure. We're trying to bring the same program here. Um, you know, but everything costs money. So <laughs> we got, we're, we're developing the right relationships now, uh, right partnerships and trying to make sure that we have, um, everything to do it right. And you know, we wanted, that's, that's our biggest thing is to do it right, to make sure it's sustainable because you, know, you can give, you can give someone, you know, a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk one time and they're good for right now. But if you can make that sustainable and make it just over and over and over again, um, you can create real change in their lives because they're not, they're not worried about, do I pay for the lights or do I pay for the food? So do, do my kids eat or do my kids have power? You know, they're not worried. They can, now they can choose, okay, we have power because we have food. So it's it just, it's about making a sustainable um, chain for these, these families. Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation. Anything else before we go, Boz? We good to go? We're good. I appreciate everybody hanging in. I don't know what was recorded before, but we're just kind of bouncing around the, uh, the place. I don't think this will be the last time Boz comes on. We're going to get him on again. Maybe a little more organized setting, but we had to get a quick episode here before the, uh, the weekend. I appreciate you hanging around, man. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. Bradley Bozeman, Not For Long Media. Appreciate you guys.